This podcast is part of the Robots Radio Rocket Club, a program designed to help all podcasts reach their full potential. For information about joining the Robots Radio Rocket Club, check out robotsradio.net. Hello, hello, and welcome back to another episode of Two Girls, One Ship. I am Genesis, the girl who is very happy that her AC is finally working the way that it should, because 100 degree weather in Portland is bonkers, and not having AC in my house was horrible. Absolutely horrible. Yeah, and I'm Vervada. The girl who is melting just thinking about that. I used to live without AC when I lived in Hawaii because everyone was like, oh, the trade winds. No, they don't. They come like two weeks a year. The rest of the year, you're sweltering. It's so stupid. So I need AC. I'm sorry. Now I live in Florida where you walk outside and it's like getting hit with a hot, wet towel. I don't like it. (laughs) I'm not used to it. I'm used to like dry weather, dry air. Not out here. All right. Well, let's go around the room and say hello to everybody. We've definitely got some familiar faces with us here tonight and a new one. Uh, Apollo, you are at the top of the screen. Hello. I support this air conditioning love, being from Florida. (laughs) Uh, Shanko, welcome back. Hello again from Florida also, so I completely feel the getting slapped in the face with a wet towel. (laughs) And Stone Mystios. Hello there. From Texas, it's hot every day. Just dry, 100-degree weather every day. Ugh. No, thank you. No, thank you at all. Meiji. Meiji moves. What's up? 86 degrees and sunny in California. I don't know what you guys are talking about. Mm. See, I'm from (laughs) Los Angeles, so that just makes me jealous. I just miss miss it so much. (laughs) I mean, it's only like 75 right now, but you go outside. It's something I've never experienced where you walk outside and your glasses immediately fog up. I'm like, what? What? What is this? This water in the air? <laughs> I don't know what that is. It is 7.30 p.m. and 93 degrees outside. Oh my God. No. Oh, so tonight's topic, I don't know if we were specifically clear on this one, because uh, it came up in conversation that I had earlier. But so the way that I read it was that, uh, would you prefer your NPCs to be player sexual, or have a defined sexuality, not your own personal character player? I think, like, pretty solidly we can all agree on the fact that your person or your PC should not have a defined sexuality, right? If an open romance options are available, you shouldn't be pigeonholed into one way. Or does anybody have a counter to that? No. I'm going to need, pretend that I'm five years old. I need a, I need a breakdown of what this question is because I don't understand it at all. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So player sexual... So a player sexual character is somebody who does not have a defined sexual identity, um, who they're attracted to. And it is based on everyone is attracted to the player character. So their sexuality is you. It's not like, oh, I like men or I only like women or I like anything in between or I like everything and all things. 
they are attracted to you. They don't ever really show signs of being attracted to other NPCs or anything like that. And then a defined sexual identity is, of course, the defined sexual identity. Hetero. Okay, yeah. I think, I think it was that first part that was tripping me up. I got it. So it was like the only real RPG that I can think of where your player character has a choice between who to romance and then has a set sexual identity is Geralt of Rivia because he is a straight man who only romances women and that's your only option to play as. And I don't mind that. I wish Geralt was gay because that would definitely bring in a lot more options in the brothel. If it's a player character that you create, you define, you model them after yourself or whoever else you want. I think we can all agree that they should not have a defined sexuality. So now let's get into the meat of the conversation and talk about NPCs. Does anybody have like a very dying stance on this that they want to take? Anybody want... Shanko, your hand popped straight up. Uh, I know when I'm playing a game, it it incentivizes multiple playthroughs, at least for me, if certain characters are not inherently attracted to my player character. I know, especially with Mass Effect, Dragon Age, you know, the RPGs that I think all of us kind of enjoy, well, just a little bit, if every single character was just attracted to the player character, that doesn't really make me want to go back to play a game in order to experience different romances. I would probably just make a save within one save file and then go back and try each romance with the same character instead of going through again as a different gender or a different, you know, a different alignment as far as morality um, in order to romance certain characters. That makes a lot of sense to me and is kind of aligned with how I feel because I like having the definition there. But I want to get more opinions from other people before I go off on my tirade. <laughs> I, uh, yeah. I never really thought about the term player sexual before until like a few months ago when one of y'all uh, guests brought it up. Mm-hmm. But I uh, come to think of Assassin's Creed Odyssey, where with Cassandra, everybody is attracted to Cassandra. But I always figured it was just because it's ancient Greece and everybody's horny. But I appreciate in that game where you can go through and romance everybody and i like that uh it doesn't i don't know at least with that game i don't feel like it should have been everybody specifically attracted to certain people i like that everybody's attracted to cassandra or alexio so i I appreciate that but like with like cyberpunk i wish that there was more options where it just feel like v is the only bisexual character even though carrie technically is but everybody else is either straight or gay Oh no, that game, maybe that could have used a little bit of player sexual within it. But I don't mind it for the most part if a game isn't player sexual. I feel like tonight's topic is going to be a little bit more of us all talking together. So feel free to unmute and respond and play off of each other. Jump in when you feel like it. Because this isn't really a individual story topic tonight. It's more of a let's debate and talk this out. I think I'm pretty much lined up with what Shenko said. Because like, and kind of what Missio said, like, I did enjoy an Odyssey that I could just sleep with everybody. Anybody that gave me the option, I could just sleep with them. But it, I'm, I didn't play through a second time. I played, I put in a ton of hours in it the first playthrough, but I won't play through it a second time because there's nothing else to do. 
other games, like even Cyberpunk that you're limited options, but I've played through it multiple times just to get the romance, to romance everybody. Same thing with Mass Effect. The, the inability to sleep with everybody in one playthrough gives you a reason to come back and play it again. I agree. Because with Andromeda, I kind of played that way also. I was like, I can sleep with three people in one playthrough. And so I did. And what's my major incentive to go back and do it the other way? Now, I do actually plan on playing a Scott playthrough because the fact that the storyline changes and some of the dialogue options and things change is why I play both female Shepherd, male Shepherd. And then I have my next Dragon Age playthrough. I'm going to play as a, a full male run going through all of that. So, yeah, I like the idea of defined sexualities. I guess this is like my main takeaway, like, or like my main opinion here is that having the characters, not only the player character, but NPCs have like sort of defined sexualities. It makes the story sort of feel like it's predetermined a little bit. You know what I mean? So like... If everyone is a, like if if any NPC can be attracted to the player character, then it kind of feels like, well, then these characters are like malleable a little bit. They're not like their own people that are just attracted to, you know what I mean? Like it, it feels like a little wishwashy of like, well, if you're playing this character, you know, they, they might be attracted to you. Maybe they're, you know, it, it, I feel like it just makes the characters more believable if they have their own like sexualities. You know what I mean? Yeah. From a writing perspective. But also, like, a player perspective. I feel like player sexual, it's it's honestly hard to come up with an example of a true player sexual game. Because I feel like most characters that are romanceable do have a defined sexuality. Especially in newer games that are coming out. But, like, it does make it more real. And it almost feels egotistical to have it be player sexual, you know? It's like, they just exist as a sex object, essentially. Like... They don't have their own motivations. They're just there to please you, essentially, as the player. I was reading when I was doing some minimal research for this episode. There was someone who shared their story about playing Inquisition for the first time, and they were a male Inquisitor, and they wanted to romance Sarah, but they found out once they got to talking with her that she was strictly a lesbian. And they were like, actually, instead of making that annoying, that was actually cool because we ended up being friends and, like, it felt like Sarah was a real person because she had a life outside of me. And that's like the whole point. That's what I think is great. Cause they, when you turn off the game, you think of these characters as people because they are just like people. They're written with all of our stuff that we have, you know, who in reality is like player sexual, you know, doesn't really exist in real life. Yeah. I think uh, your question about like a, a recent game where it is player sexual Dragon Age 2 comes to mind um, because all of the romance options are available to either a female hawk or a male hawk. Yeah. I forgot that because I played it like one time right after boot camp. <laughs> so I, I guess I didn't think about it as recent because that feels like an entirely different life. Yeah. But yeah, that is recent, I guess. <laughs> and then you also talked about uh, Odyssey, right? Uh, Assassin's Creed Odyssey yeah. is also like that. Yeah. It just feels like overwhelmingly most games that offer a romance choice, they do have defined sexualities. And I feel like that's because, I mean, I think all of us here agree that defined sexualities just feels better as a player. So I don't know. I mean, it's kind of a bummer for a debate because we would want someone to be like, no, player sexual is the best. But I mean, it's clear, like, we all feel that same way because it 
we all are getting the same thing out of it is that we're, we feel like we're talking to a real person or something. It's more rich. That's what I like about Inquisition is that, like, say you do, or even Andromeda, you do flirt with a certain character, and they tell you, like, Gil or Sarah, they let you know right away, hey, I'm not, I'm not down with that. And so you can, okay, well, let's, let's change the dynamic and we can be friends or we can be frenemies. I, I appreciate that in, in those games, especially Sarah, because she's so much, but once you start to get to know her, it's, it's lovely that you can just romance her with the female. And most of my playthroughs, I've only romanced Sarah because she's just the best. I love that. While Vervato was talking about Inquisition, I was going to be like, hey, let's keep the spoiler talk to a minimum because I still haven't finished uh, Inquisition. And then I was like, well, I guess it's kind of on me for not having played this game that's been out for like seven years. So, yeah. On the count of three, we all (laughs) say it at the same time. (laughs) One, two, three. So here's your fucking fucking spoiler spoiler alert. (laughs) Facts. Uh, Don't romance Solus. There you go. <laughs> I'm actually thinking uh, about going Cassandra, but I don't know. I, I feel like I haven't gotten ooh, far enough into the game to really like decide that yet. But but yeah, I was gonna and maybe I think maybe a little bit later in the episode I might go into villain Meiji moves where I try to do like a little devil's advocate thing here. But I was gonna say that to me sometimes player sexual kind of feels like because, like, I feel like the main, I guess, argument that someone would have for that is, like, well, say I, there's an NPC that I really like, like, on a platonic level. I think they're super interesting. I think their storyline is cool, whatever. And then you find out, oh, I can't romance them because I picked the wrong gender at the beginning or whatever. But then doesn't it kind of feel selfish to be like, well, I should be able to romance them. It's bullshit that I can't. You know what I mean? Or, like, forcing this NPC to, like... You know what I mean? If the writers didn't intend for them to be romanced by a person of a specific gender, then that's kind of like, it just kind of is what it is. You know what I mean? It's just like real people, yes. you know? It's also, the, for those of you, not you guys here, but in the audience who are pro-modding for romance options, the thing that I think of is Dorian in Inquisition because he is extremely gay and his whole backstory is how he left to Venter Imperium because he is gay and they didn't want him to be. And if you just mod it so you can romance him as a female Inquisitor, who is Dorian then? Like, you remove a huge part of who he is and, like, what he's gone through. That's ridiculous. Like, you can't do that, first of all. That's stupid. Just don't do that. Like, Dorian is who he is because of what he's gone through, primarily for being gay. So if you take that away, I don't even know what you're getting out of that romance at that point. Stop sexualizing him. He's a person, right? That's that's what we want. We want rich individuals in our games. Also, and I was going to say this too, because like I, I see a lot of times that people, well, like at the end of the day, these are RPGs, right? They're role-playing games. And the way a lot of people play RPGs is they play it like, I'm going to insert myself into this role, which is like a perfectly fine way to play the game. But at the end of the day, I think the purpose is to play a role, right? And just as you are, like, playing this role, all of the other characters in the game, all the NPCs are also playing roles, you know what I mean? And you have to kind of, like, I don't know, sink into the story a little bit as opposed to, like, just being like, I want to romance them, so I'm going to fucking cheat the system and mod it so that I can. Like, You know what I mean? Absolutely. I think that... So the only romance mod that I have used... um 
I did an extended cut one for um, Mass Effect, which basically just adds a little bit more. So in Mass Effect 2, at the end of the, after you've done the endgame mission, you can call your romance partner up to your room and you can sit with them on the couch. You can lie with them in bed. You can kiss them in front of the fish tank. Uh, what that what the mod did is that during the game before the end game mission, you can do that now. So that's one way that I modded romances to be more fulfilling because now I can kiss Garrus whenever the fuck I feel like it. And then I did use the uh, make Mass Effect one gay, where I could romance Caden as Broshep because he's already canonically a gay option in Mass Effect 3, so I didn't feel that removing his straightness from Mass Effect 1 would be morally wrong. I don't know what to call that there. But I was like, making Caden gay in 1, or I guess by in 1, because Femshep could have done it too if I was playing as Femshep. I figured that one was okay. Did they ever explain why that is that in Mass Effect 1, Caden's not romanceable as a, as a guy, but in Mass Effect 3, he is? Like, is there an in-canon, like explanation for that or um i don't think they even thought about it back then no i know but usually right yeah exactly like they they remastered the game you'd think that i don't know maybe they would add it in or whatever but maybe it's just like caden didn't realize he was into guys till later in his life who knows i mean i feel like bioware just didn't realize when they made mass effect one how much people were going to want to romance ever have a chance to romance as many characters as possible right I actually have a thought on the Caden romance because I played through Mass Effect 3 both with my male Shepherd and my female Shepherd. Um, my male Shepherd romanced Miranda in 2, but then like didn't end up rekindling in 3. Because at least on console, if you start a romance arc with another character, it just doesn't give you the option to rekindle with Miranda. And then she can still live um, mm. through mm-hmm. the events of Mass Effect 3. So that's where I went with it. But um, the kind of in-canon thing for Caden becoming a gay romance option was that he'll have that conversation at Apollo's with a male shepherd where he says, you know, have you ever known me to be with anyone? And then he says, like, if I'm going to be with anyone, I want to be with someone that I respect and that I love and that I've served with. And that's you. And you have the option to then romance him as male shepherd. And that's also like another reason why. I do like that they flexed him to make him gay for Mass Effect 3 because even as someone who romanced him as a female shepherd, going through that same romance as a different gender changed the the meaning of that scene um, between the two shepherds. And I consider I consider them two completely different romances because it, the implications are much sweeter, I think, even with the gay romance for Kate. So, hot take here. I actually don't think Caden is gay or bi. I think he is a straight man who fell in love with another man based off of a deep friendship and level of respect and got to the point where it doesn't matter your body type. I fell in love with you. And I like I, so I guess he would be Demi in that in that case. Falling in love with the personality and the person regardless of exterior features i relate hard to that i like that (laughs) because i mean there are defined sexualities with like liara i mean technically liara doesn't believe in gender so she would be pan in my eyes 
um, because she can fall in love with anybody regardless. That's what I am. Fall in love with anybody, regardless of what plumbing you have going on. (laughs) Back to Dorian. What I was so funny with him, my first time going through playing as a female inquisitor, I didn't know that he wasn't, I didn't know that he was gay. So, you know, you could flirt with him the whole game. You know, you get to his, uh, his scene with his dad and he tells you everything, his backstory. And then at, at the end of it, you know, he, uh, he said, you know, you could say, um, you, you kind of led me on. And he's like, oh, you know, I'm sorry. You, you know, I can stop flirting with you and you can say, nah, don't you dare. I, I like that with their friendship that even though, you know, he's gay, he still has that bond with female inquisitor and, I really appreciate that. Even though y'all can't be together and he doesn't want to be with you, he still keeps that relationship with you. I, I really like that with Dorian. I flirt with him every chance I get, and I always play female inquisitor because I do. I love that yeah. so much. It's like I one of my best friends is gay, and like we flirt all the time because it's not a sexual thing necessarily. It's just like hyping you up, you know. And I just Non-sexual love that relationship. hundred percent. Yeah, exactly, sure. exactly. And that's just the kind of guy that Dorian is, and I love I love that. So I definitely encourage that every playthrough. I love that Dorian tells me all the time, I love when you come to talk to me, but I also love watching you leave. And <laughs> as he, like, his head tilts as he's watching my ass walk away. I'm like, I love you. I was going to say, I think that we should head into our mid-break and thank our patrons and let the... Let some ads play for us, um, lovely sponsors of the show. And then maybe when we get back, let's all play a little bit of devil's advocate and say, what would the main arguments be for make everybody open to everything? So go ahead and think on that. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Here we are at the mid-break. It is time to thank our lovely, lovely patrons, most of whom are here with us tonight. We need to thank Toasty and Apollo. And Toasty was supposed to be here tonight, but I think he showed up in chat for just a minute. I know. He also ditched me on Holocron today, which is like, what are you doing? Captain Shanko, Apollo, Toasty, Win, Luke... Meiji Moose, Stone Mystios, The Cups, uh, fuck it, I'll just go down the whole list. Becky, Kathy, Muffney Cake, Drew, and Cloudy. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for all of your support. I wish that I was better prepared for tonight, and we don't have any new reviews to read out. Uh, we did hit a milestone on Spotify the other day, though. We have 40... People who have left their little five-star ratings. There's at least one person who gave us less than five stars, though. So that makes me sad. I know. We're at 4.9 out of 50 reviews. So, I mean, hey, I'll fucking take it, yo. Thank you to everybody who leaves ratings and reviews or comments or is here in the live chat tonight. I see you. I love you. You're very much appreciated. So... 
Let's get back into it. So, who wants to play devil's advocate and fight for the other side of the argument, where everybody should be able to bone everybody? I'll go first. We'll go back to cyber. I think that game should have player sexual, because it feels like pretty much can romance everybody, but then they play games with you when you get to, to the romance part. Just take that out. Just let us romance everybody. Carrie, I was just doing a scene. We was on a boat. Everything, we got close. I'm good, V. Fuck that. Let's kiss and fuck on the fiery boat. I think they should have did it in that game. Even, even fucking, um, what's the name? Pan Am. Uh, you get on the ship, what's the difference, girl? Put it in the same slot you did with Bro V. And get it on in there. Wouldn't be no difference. My V, she had a penis. You could have still wrote it. Come on. There's actually this, um, that was something we were going to talk about in River's episode, but ended up not. There's an argument that Pan Am and River are actually not straight because they could romance. So like Pan Am can romance a V with male body, but either voice and River can romance female V body with either voice. And they're saying because they can have either voice, that means they're not totally straight. I disagree with that because the way I'm interpreting that is if they're saying that Pan Am's dating male body V with a female V voice, are we interpreting that as a trans man? And that's why Pan Am's not straight. And yet that doesn't track because that would be a straight romance because it's a trans man, which is a real man, right? Like trans men usually identify as straight if they're dating a woman. So... I don't see how the argument is that Pan Am and River are anything but straight, but I don't know. Like, they didn't make it, they didn't say why they thought that. They were just like, because you can change the voices, they're not straight. I'm like, well, this is on Gaming Mag, by the way, which I mean, they're, they're a huge publication. I get that. I just don't, I don't understand how this works. I think they're straight. That makes no sense whatsoever. Yeah. I couldn't wrap my head around it. I'm like, I think the voice thing is just, is just a weird CDPR little, thing they threw in there that doesn't do anything. I think that's just cherry picking at that point. Yeah. You know, they're they're really reaching. Major, you have opinions. I saw that reaction. <laughs> okay, so little background on me. During high school, I took like half a semester of debate. And debate is all about being able to have one opinion that's like, you know, your opinion or maybe something you kind of agree with. And then there's something, you know, like you, you're supposed to be able to come up with an argument for something that you completely do not agree with. Right. Mm-hmm. So I'm like in the like 10 minutes since, you know, the, the last time, uh, the previous segment, I've just been like looking over stuff, trying to come up with a negative for this particular argument. And it feels like I'm drinking from a fucking fire hose because it's just like so much information is entering my brain. Here's the gist of what I understand to be like the argument, right, is video games ultimately are fictional representations of worlds we would like to escape into right so in mass effect we're escaping into a world where we can travel the stars and end galaxy killing threats you know in in stardew valley the the fantasy is you know subverting capitalism by like owning property and like you know getting in touch with nature and stuff right doesn't it remove some of the fantasy of a video game to not be able to just like walk into a room and be able to romance potentially anybody that you want, right? Because ultimately these are worlds that we would like to, uh, you know, in like particular video games where it's like you are destroying the concept of sexuality entirely by being able to like 
literally just romance whoever you want, right? It kind of erases that particular barrier. It's still a weak argument to me, but that is like the the gist of of what I got from like just the brief reading that I did online. That's well, that's exactly what I got too, and I'm just like if that's what you want out of a game, then you will be disappointed because some games have romance options with distinct sexualities and they're like, but I want to never be disappointed ever when I play a game because I'm disappointed enough in real life. So I just want to escape and have everything be exactly how I want it and just be a god among mortals. And I'm like, okay, make your own game. And at that point, to me, it just feels like a weird like power fantasy to like, you know, you can potentially just romance anybody. That's just like, I, I understand the fantasy of it, but it's just like it's not realistic. And ultimately, at least personally, I love when video games try to get like as realistic as possible, especially when it comes to like representation of other genders and sexualities and stuff. Like, let's not try to like erase all of that shit so that we can have this weird like power fantasy. I don't know. It's just weird to me. Well, that might work for some people. Like if you're a person whose ideal world, your fantasy world would be where you could be brad pitt in his prime knowing you can walk down the street and everybody would sleep with you male or female i mean maybe that then that that's your thing but i think that's not very many people that's not the majority of people who that's not that's not their fantasy world like that's not the world i want in, in a video game but some people if that's what they want so i think one of the one of the arguments that I've heard that makes it so that way maybe player sexual would be a good option is for those people who are still searching and looking for their own sexual identity. If you can go into a video game, like I'll just, I'll create this scenario. If I go into a video game and I'm playing as a female character and I want to test out what would it be like if I was in a relationship with a woman? Well... I think I find this woman attractive, but now I can't romance her because she's straight. So somebody that I think I could safely explore my sexuality with in a video game setting, I can't do that because she's not attracted to me. Yeah. I mean, there's games that exist for that purpose too, though. So it's like, maybe you can't romance that character, but I'm just debating the debate. Yep. <laughs> 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 Miss non-confrontational over here fighting with me. I love it. Oh, no. I, <laughs> no, no, no. I know. This is I, a complete hypothetical. With Assassin's Creed Odyssey, that game actually helped me come to terms with my own pansexuality. I was in a relationship at the time. And it just, at one point, I just wasn't feeling her no more. And I couldn't figure it out. But then whenever I would escape to Odyssey, and I could just be with anybody, and I could explore... How is it with flirting with this guy or flirting with these girls? And I don't know, it helped me figure myself out. And it wasn't until I played Mass Effect that I realized that, oh, shit, these characters can be way more three-dimensional than I figured. But I don't know, Odyssey, it really helped me figure it out. And I was able to get out of that relationship because it wasn't just her, but it was a lot. But I really, I'm, I'm glad that player sexual do exist. In some games, but I don't think every game should have it because it should be more realistic. Like, even with Back to Cyberpunk, I'm glad that it is realistic, but it's so far in the future, you would think that it wouldn't be as many just defined sexuality. you think more people would explore themselves in that far future. But the fact that it's not, that's all good. 
but I like that uh, game set in a deep past. You don't have to worry about that because everybody, they want to have sex with everybody. That's that's the whole thing. I like. I don't think it matters so much in games like, you know, in, with Dorian, that's an extreme example because like he has a whole backstory that supports his sexuality. But like some romance options just don't. So like it doesn't matter if they have a sexuality or not necessarily. It's not really a part of the story. So then you could have a player sexual character and then or not even player sexual. What if they're just pan, you know? And then that would work, too. Mm-hmm. So that, I mean, that could happen. I don't see why that wouldn't happen. R.P. to Jack's pansexuality. Mm. I don't want to talk about Jack's panness because that should have yeah. been put back <laughs> in in Legendary Edition. Uh, but what yeah, I was going to bring up really was like, like uh, in specifically in like these um, in space related games where we have alien species. Because I remember that I talked about this in the Garrus episode, and that was a, a big argument for why aren't at least the alien species in Mass Effect all bisexual? Because why the fuck would Garrus care if you have a vagina or not? You know, like, I, it may be people weird. People think of that as a straight relationship. I'm like, he's a velociraptor, okay? Like, that's not a straight relationship. <laughs> Just yeah, Sally even says she would share her suit with a female shepherd, but never does. Oh, just playing with our emotions. <laughs> Sometimes it is kind of depressing when you like see or like are playing a piece of fiction that's like set so far in the future, and then it's like they're still getting bogged down in like, <laughs> oh, that person's gay or like that person's straight, and it's just like, what? This is like five hundred years in the future. Or yeah, only one relationship or any of that shit. With Jack, yeah. it's like, wait, so she she's down with murder. She's down with like, you know, she's down with high treason and like stealing starships and shit. But you know, you know, gay gay relationship, she's not down with that. No, she, she just, totally was though, and she still talks about it. She talks about her former thruple that she was in. She talks about her ex girlfriend. But then you still <laughs> made you touch my trigger button. Well, they removed hers, and then Jacob was supposed to be by. Like, they had written the scene. They had blocked the scene. They had gotten it to the point where it was like, okay, here, let's move this forward and actually record dialogue and animate it. And then they're like, oh, wait, maybe that doesn't fit. Why? Well, I don't care if... Okay. I'm just going to blame Fox News. Um... But also only because I know that they were the reason that Liara was like, they got so mad at her sex scene in the first game. And a lot of people were like, oh, clutching pearls, his hot blue alien. It's not like they didn't all grow up watching freaking Star Trek, but whatever. So I'm assuming that's why they cut Jack content. It's because of that backlash from Liara's sex scene in the first game. We'll see what they do with Mass Effect 4, because the we're in a different place now than we were in 2010, 13, so we'll see what they do with four. I mean, we're way more, I mean, this country is trying to regress in a lot of ways, but we're still far more progressive in this area than we were 10 years ago, like light years compared to what we were 10, 15 years ago. Apollo was about to be like, this country's way more progressive. And then he was like, oh, wait, wait. <laughs> well, it still is, but there, we've got a segment trying to regress. I agree, though. Yes, I will be. Oh, Okay. So since we all have played Mass Effect and we all want, we are all eagerly, aw- Missio, you've played Mass Effect, right? 
Okay. All four. All right. Duh, we just talked about Andromeda like two minutes ago. Wow. Why am I the squirrel today? Am I normally the squirrel? <laughs> Why did we swap brains? Um, oh, no. Oh, no. Not good. In Mass Effect 4, do you want defined sexualities? Or should you be able to romance anybody? We don't know what your player character is going to be like. We don't know what species, what gender, what anything related to it. But who do you want your romance options to be? I want to stay defined, so it gives me a reason to play it over and over again to experience romances. But I would like, and I, you, we've talked about it in here before, for them to culminate the romances sooner so that you're actually in the romance during the game instead of just, here it is, very end of the game, Absolutely. now finish the game. Yes. Would it would it solve any issues if, like, in the next Mass Effect game, like, yeah, you can play as male or female or whatever, or maybe there's just, like, an agender option, which is, like, doing character creation you're like i don't want to select a fucking gender and then during the course of the game maybe that's how you solve it and like yeah you really can romance anybody because you don't have a gender you know what i mean like anybody could be attracted to you does that fix anything yeah or a romance option could be agendered or pansexual you know like we i still want defined sexualities but that doesn't mean i want just lesbian gay bi you know let's expand a little bit i want a harem Yes. Can I have that? Polyamory. <laughs> That's what I want an Emmy for. Turn have... the Normandy into a harem, goddammit. Please. Objective <laughs> daddy did. That boy is crazy. <sighs> okay. They were, but th- see, but our harems, you'll be allowed to leave. If you don't want to be in it anymore, you can leave. Like, I'm not holding you here hostage, feeding you poisoned food. Like, that's, no. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> yes, consent is sexy. I would like more, yeah, more options, more, more bi characters, more pan, still straight, but, like, where we don't got to worry about you starting to give us somebody, somebody else come in the room jealous. Like, take that shit out. Like, let us, like, that's what I like with Cyberpunk. You can be with both Judy and fucking River. Like, and V doesn't tell neither one. V is like, hey, I'm going to keep this to myself. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you, River, but I, I'm over at Judy's right now. I wish that, hope that the next game had where you don't got to be in one relationship. You can be in at least a couple and not get caught up. And I want a relationship, like what Apollo was saying. Just, I don't want this to be, we're friends, we're friends. I'm earning your trust and loyalty. And then we we have sex. And then that was it. It's over. I want a relationship. Like, come on. That's what felt so good about whoever you romanced in Mass Effect. Because you had three games to kind of have a relationship with them. I still didn't get my sex scene with Garrus, whatever. You know, I want that in Mass Effect 4 or 5, depending on how you're counting. Andromeda was not part of the original trilogy. The continuation of the trilogy is Mass Effect 4. That's my stance, and I'm sticking to it. Fuck but you, it hot take. But it is the fifth Mass Effect. Mm-hmm. I was to say, it, just def- it depends on how you're defining Mass Effect game. I am, a, I am a Mass Effect 5 true believer, and I will not be swayed <laughs> on this position. All right, I'm ME4, so... Plus, plus if they incorporate Andromeda lore into this next game, it has to be 5. Should it not be? No. If there's Mass Effect Andromeda is not Mass Effect. If Mass Effect Andromeda... It's Andromeda. It's its own thing. (laughs) If Mass Effect Andromeda was Mass Effect 4, they would have called it Mass Effect 4 Andromeda. Well, wasn't people calling it Mass Effect 4 back when they were making it? 
Like you can't call the next one Master State Four Two. There was already a Master State Four. Yeah. No, I can't wait for Master Effect 4. They wasn't saying. Chronologically, Mass Effect 4 might take place before Andromeda. That's fair. I don't know if the name's got anything to do with it. (laughs) By that logic, then explain the Assassin's Creed numbering system. I was just about to say, Dragon Age, Assassin's Creed, like, it's still got Mass Effect in front. (laughs) Like, we want 1, 2, Brotherhood, Revelations, 3, (laughs) 4, with Assassin's Creed. Through that. Um, so the, what that proves is my point. What is that proves my system? point, Shanko. If you can have games in between <laughs> and then go back to Assassin's Creed 4, then this would still be Mass Effect 4 because you can have <laughs> Assassin's Creed's in between and then continuation with the series. I'm so glad I started this war. <laughs> this is kind of the double-edged sword of being a Mass Effect fan right now is that we know so little about the next game that, like, on one hand, it's kind of a bummer because it's like, we don't know what the hell the next game is going to be about. But then on the other hand, it's like, you know, unlimited potential in that of uh, a, a galaxy of possibility or two galaxies of possibilities, really. Yeah. So. Two galaxies of romance. <laughs> yep. I want a Krogan romance. And maybe they'll let your the shipmates romance each other. I wouldn't mind that either. If, if, if the I, shipmates I like that up. in my Yeah. With Tally and Garrus, they can get together. That's adorable. And Kasumi and Jacob, which is yeah. doomed star-crossed. They can uh, have each other. <laughs> I'm sad, though. I can't give Garrus to Tally. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, Tally. Can I date both of them? That's my question. I just want to... I, w- I will support player sexuality if I can get my Adam Smasher romance. <laughs> I will never let you live this down. Good. I don't want to live it down. I own it completely. I, think the, I don't want him. I want Johnny. on him at the end of the game is his eyes. Maybe. <laughs> Adam Smasher must smash. <laughs> it's in his name. With Johnny, with Johnny, I got to the part where I was actually nice to him in this playthrough. And uh, he saved you when you uh, passed out for one of the missions. And uh, he's like, Hey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to pay you back one day. He's like, I'm gonna hold you to that. And she says, "You were thinking about sex, wasn't you?" He's like, "It wouldn't matter. We would just be masturbating, anyways." I was like, "Oh shit, that ain't, that's the weirdest fuck." But they should do it. I never it's heard that. Yeah, oh, I'm gonna like, have to look that you, up. You know, it's like after you pass out, and uh, he takes you to Pacifica, and then um, you 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 wake up with the pills in your hand. It's like that scene. If you're like nice to him, and then. One of the parts he say that shit, he's like, yeah, we'll just be masturbating. I'm like, what? Y'all should do that. Hell yeah, y'all should do that shit. He could get naked in his freaking uh, digital self. Y'all could do it. Is Pacifica <laughs> the area where you go and like break into the mall and shit? Is that that same area? That was, to me, like uh, the most yeah. memorable part of the game. But I did love that part. That segment of the game was awesome. I just feel like Johnny would be the best sex partner ever because he would know exactly what to do because he was in your brain. Either either V, doesn't matter. He would know. Oh, hey, I like that idea. <laughs> I don't want to. Like, he like hate fucked all, though. I don't want to do that. I want him to like Ooh, me, but baby. I don't know if he likes anybody besides himself. I- I'm okay with that. <laughs> so says the person who wants to smash Adam Smasher, of course. <laughs> I don't think you're going to get a loving, sensual sex scene with Johnny. That's just not Johnny. I wanted that burning yacht scene. 
even as like a platonic friend with Carrie, wanted to jump naked off that yacht with Carrie. I feel I'll like Carrie is weird enough and he could be your gay best friend enough where he would be completely fine with platonically jumping naked off of that burning yacht. I really do. I mean, you could have just taken off all your clothes before that scene and then you could just <laughs> jump off naked. I thought about that too when I was doing it. I was like, nah, yeah, I'll just be naked and weird. Oh my god, that's, uh, yeah, no, I think that you should, that's how you should run it. Going into that mission, just you know, naked. just go in naked. They don't react. I've done, I've, I've gone naked in that game and just run, walked around. Nobody <laughs> even reacts. Very disappointing. I wanted people to react to me and nobody no, even noticed. because I romanced I River and I was in nothing but a tank top. And his sister comes in and is like, fix my generator. And I'm like, my vagina's out. No one said nothing about that. I went to open up my menu and I just see her and her vagina. And I'm like, oh no, I've been walking around like this. I got with the Joy Toys at uh, Dark Matter earlier. I didn't even know they was there. And then, you know, finished it and I was headed out to my bike and seeing her get on the bike, I was like, why is her top off? And I looked, I was like, just balls naked. I was like, girl, put some clothes on before you walk out to this building. How do you just come out naked and on a motorcycle? Uh, I was like, you know, she'll never be naked out of any other scene, but then Joy Toy took all her clothes. This is something that annoys me, actually, about Cyberpunk. When you are naked and you can see your nakedness in the inventory, if you look down at your body, you can't see it. you got your undies on. And I'm like, this is ridiculous. Why? Why? You show it every other time. Why, when I look down, in the shower, too. I'm like, clothed in the shower. Stop it. (laughs) Tell me again why I should replay this game. Because the story's amazing. The, the story characters is are good. awesome. I'm just, the, com- the combat is good. Beautiful. I, not to be the, the person that's going to railroad us back onto the topic, but I'm reaching a little bit more in this thread. And uh, somebody brings up the point, when it comes to RPGs, you can, you know, like, like I'm thinking like Dragon Age Origins, basically. Like, you can select your class, right? You can select fighter, mage, rogue, whatever you want, right? And... There's no pressure to sort of like stick to or like force people to play as a a class that they don't want. Right. But the point that gets brought up in this thread is when it comes to sexuality, then there's there's somehow this like pressure to, uh, you know what I mean? Like have people stick to a regimented thing. You know what I mean? Whereas with a lot of other games, you, you get to like choose a lot more aspects of your of who your character is, you know, does determined sexuality remove an element of player choice to any of you? I don't know. I'm trying to milk this thread for all it's worth. <laughs> oh, no. And I mean, those are kind of the points that that I have seen and that I've heard brought up. It's like, you know, if I'm allowed to choose everything else about who I interact with and how I interact with them, especially in like, I've got seven different dialogue selections to talk to you. Um, and I can choose exactly how you and I have our interactions. Um, and sometimes I can even guide the way that you respond to me based off of my own charisma level. Why can't I use that same bardic charisma to get in your pants? You know? Right. Yeah. I, I think we've kind of hit all the big major topics. Like, I don't know if there's much more that we can discuss about this because we all kind of feel the same way. Every one of them. And that's why we tangented so hard. (laughs) So let's go around the room. Let's shout out all the things that we have going on. 
Let's show the love and how our patrons are not our patrons. You are the patrons. <laughs> how the listeners can get a hold of you. Apollo, where can we find you? I'm Apollo on the Discord. I'm not a creator, so I don't really have anything going on. Just my summer vacation is over in two days. Back to work. Oh, sad face. Shanko, I know you have fun stuff going on. Uh, I'm Captain Shanko. I'm one half of the MCU Lorecast. Our shows come out on Monday. So if you're into Marvel Comics, comic history, or the Marvel films, come check us out. Highly, highly support the show. I've listened to all four episodes now and am eagerly awaiting the next one. All right. Mystios. I'm Stone Mystios on Twitter. That's all I really be on. I don't do too much social media, but I, you know, I listen to all y'all podcasts, the MCU ones, the, all the Robots Radio. I'm listening to all that stuff, but I'm mostly, I'll be playing the game still. I got like a week and a half left. Uh, summer vacation is over. Got to shave soon and be ready for work. It sucks, but that's, that's where you can find me at. All right. And you're also in the, our Discord chats, right? Yep. You're in there too, so yeah. find you on Discord or on Twitter. You always retweet us, and I appreciate that. Uh, we have another podcast to add to the who you should be listening to, Mr. Stormcast Media. My name is Meiji Moose. I do content, allegedly. Not really that much anymore, but I Storm occasionally Sorcerer. upload on YouTube and stuff. I also do stuff on Twitch, and then I do uh, a podcast called the Storm Sorcerer Podcast, where I talk about nerd shit and occasionally politics, and it gets heated. But there's only one person on the podcast, and it's me. So it just gets heated with myself. So if that sounds interesting to you, check out Storm Sorcerer Podcast. Can I come argue with you about Adam Smasher? (laughs) You are more than welcome to. Does that make you a master debater if you can sit there and debate yourself on stream? You debate yourself on stream? Meiji, maybe I should be tuning into the live. I'll debate you. I don't know about what. I was not on the debate team. I just have a twin sister and a lot of opinions. Oh, I can debate forever. I can mm-hmm. have a 20-minute debate with myself where I change my own mind. <laughs> That's good, though. I do that, too, sometimes. <sighs> sometimes. We still need to come on your podcast, Meiji. Now that maybe we'll be able to schedule that I'm, actually, finally. The door is always open for y'all, of course. We will talk scheduling because I'm, I'm ready to get back into it. Like, back into the full swing of things. I want a guest. I want to guest host i want to be back in a sense of normalcy um so i guess i can give a little bit of updates before we sign out of the show for tonight with how my little boo is doing medically she has been determined to be stable um so that is another big step towards recovery what we do know is that it is going to take um a couple more months is what we're looking at for her to fully recover from the trauma of having a golf ball in your brain and then it being removed. And then there were complications post-op. It is going to take a lot more time for me to, quote, get my kid back. Um, so if there aren't any major updates, there aren't any major changes, it is a very slow pace of waxing and waning moments of awakeness. And by awakeness, it means she can for about, you know, 10 to 15 seconds, open her eyes on her own. She can occasionally respond to, will you squeeze my hand? And she can actually squeeze and then let go. Um, but what this means is that in, in, 
it keeps growing and growing and growing. But then there are some days where it's just like, hey, can you squeeze my hand? And it will be a very weak attempt at it. And so we've got days like that. But we've also got days where, hey, can you lift your arm up? And her whole arm will come up. So it is a very, very long journey. But we do know that she's still in there. She still responds and reacts to all of our voices. There's a lot more head movement going on and yawning, which is a big indicator that her brain wants her to wake up because yawning is a biological response to, let's wake up. <sighs> so we know that she's trying. Yeah. That's what's her. Thank you. And I do read all the messages that you you guys have sent me and I'll open up the floodgates. It's fine. I just may not respond to, uh, to all of them. Uh, so because seeing that there are a lot of people out there who are sending their love, their support, their, you know, Hey, I thought about you today, you know, seeing that even if I read it because I hate notifications on my phone. So I look through all of them and then I'll like swipe them away and be like, okay, I'll respond to it later. And that's why I forget to respond to a lot of people. And I promise one day I'll get back to it. Never happens. (sighs) Rambling. (laughs) Once I get talking about her, I start to ramble. But um, if you send messages, I will read them. I will take it to heart. And then I may one day respond to it. And the way that you can reach out to me is by following us on all the social medias at Two Girls One Ship. We are on Twitter, we are on Instagram, we are on patreon.com slash two girls one ship. We are on the Robots Radio Discord. Uh we have a channel on there and we also have our own Discord server, Two Girls One Ship. You can find me as Genesis all over the place. Me too. Except it's Vervada, not Genesis. <laughs> on Discord and Twitter. So yeah, come if you don't for some reason want to message Jen, you can message me and I can pass it along to her. So thank you for all of your support. And thank you, Jen, for still keeping on this with me, because I know it's not easy. I mean, I don't know, but I can imagine a little bit. And I'm grateful that you want to because this is so fun. And I hope it at least is giving you some fun too. Oh, yeah. Talking with you on our episodes is absolutely amazing. And it's like kind of, it is a way to kind of relieve the stress because it's like, it's a video game. That is my escapism that always has been ever since I was a little kid. Um, and now that we are grown ups, I don't know who gave us that title, um, <laughs> still diving into these video games. And now I'm looking at it in a whole new way and just learning and loving and It's amazing, and I'm so happy that I have you as my partner in this. I love you. Love you, too. All right. (laughs) Partners up for you and your baby. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah, uh, thoughts, prayers, support, good vibes, energy out into the universe. Anything that you believe in, I will take it, and I will have it enter my heart, and I will share it with her. So, thanks for listening. And remember... Beauties in the eye of the controller. Are you a fan of Elden Ring? Are you confused about the lore as pretty much everyone else? We've got you covered. Check out the Elden Archives, a lore podcast that helps to explain every little confusing detail about the lands between. 
Things like what exactly happened on the Night of the Black Knives, or what we really know about characters like Nicola. Just like the show you're listening to now, we're on the Robots Radio Network, so you know it'll be good. Wondering how to find the show? Easy. Either go to robotsradio.net or search Elden Archives on whatever podcatcher you're using right now. Bookmark the show for later, and we'll see you in the lands between. Again, that's the Elden Archives, from Soft Lorecast, available everywhere.